The Denver Nuggets take on the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. What does the matchup look like? What are the strengths and weaknesses? How does Denver attack Miami's zone? Is the bench in real trouble for the first time in the playoffs? All this and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys being with us uh, on a Tuesday. Hope your Memorial Day was great. I'm Matt Moore. I'm senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR. Check out the pre and post game show before every Nuggets game, as well as Nuggets content on the daily. On today's show, we'll talk about the Heat versus the Nuggets. We'll talk about X Factors. We'll talk about the bench problems. We'll talk about uh zone and how the heat use it and how denver can succeed versus it we'll talk about clutch time about these two just massive monsters of clutch time we'll talk about how to slow down jimmy butler we'll talk about the nuggets strengths and weaknesses as they take on the miami heat in the nba finals today's show is brought to you by price picks price picks is daily fantasy made easy first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 dollars with promo code locked on that's pricepicks.com promo code locked on thanks for making us your first listen we appreciate you guys being with us and joining us on all platforms whether you're on apple Podcasts, spotify or joining us on youtube where we got all sorts of great folks hanging out with us in the chat segment the chat is bumping on a tuesday danny's in here uh lycos amanda myers hanging out with us in here damn it bobby's in here trippy collector danny biggs lots of folks hanging out with us on a tuesday as we set to preview the miami heat versus the denver nuggets in the nba finals um also quick update uh i will in fact be at ball arena for game one of the nba finals uh i will not be in in new york my plans have changed so i will be in the building for game one very excited to see uh the first i'm gonna be at history the first finals game uh in nuggets history on thursday as the nuggets host the miami heat as they now have home court advantage in the NBA Finals thanks to the Miami Heat uh, upsetting the Boston Celtics in Game Seven, um, one one oh in one fifty one uh, for for those trying to come back from an 3 hole. If you think about it, Matt, and this is kind of funny, <clears throat> the Miami Heat only win as underdogs. They were underdogs. They got up three zero. They became favorites. They lost three in a row. They became underdogs again. They won. It's true. Uh, all right. So let's start here. The first question you had in your mind when you asked yourself about the matchup against the Miami Heat was what, Adam? I mean, no question. It's Nikola Jokic. I always, you always start from a position of, is this a good or bad matchup for your best player? Is he going to be able to do the things that he's most comfortable doing? And to me, Bam Adebayo is a great defender against a lot of guys. I just don't think he is against Jokic. So this is one matchup where I just start, and, I, and it's not, oh, he's bigger, he's going to beat him here, he's going to beat him there. I think it's a rebound challenge. Jokic presents a rebounding challenge for Miami. He's a low post challenge. They're going to have to send double. They're not going to be able to trust Bam Adebayo to guard him one-on-one in the post. Uh, he's a perimeter uh, advantage. You draw Bam Adebayo out of the paint, where's the rim protection behind? Are they going to be able to get open shots that way? Do they have depth at that position? No, they don't. They're going to play Hightower. They're going to have to play um, maybe Kevin Love at that spot. So I just think every single way you look at the Jokic matchup in this one, to me, is favorable. 
And it's reason number one, two, three, and four of why I feel good about the Nuggets in this series. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was kind of my first impression too. Um, I'll go ahead and say the numbers. Um, <laughs> yeah, Highsmith, I say Hightower. Highsmith. Yeah. Is that a, is that a, a police Academy reference that you just dropped with Hightower? <laughs> um, so do you ever, did you see the, I have to ask this question. Did you ever watch the police Academy? No, of course you didn't watch the police Academy movies. Why? Come on, Matt. What are, who are you talking to over here? So, um, I looked up the numbers. Uh, it was funny because Kevin Pelton was on with Low last night and was saying like how Nicole Jokic actually averaged a little bit below his normal averages versus the Heat. And that's true. I looked at specifically the minutes where Bam was matched up on Nicola over the last three seasons. Now, <clears throat> the matchup data is a little wonky. Seth Parton now is always yelling about that, that the matchup data uh, on NBA.com because of the tracking data, it's just not as reliable as we need it to be. It's what we have. Okay. Uh, I looked at Nicola's performances across the th- last three seasons <laughs> when matched up with Bam out of bio. It comes out to 44 minutes. And then I extrapolated the numbers across 42 minutes. Nikola Jokic, per 42 minutes of game time versus Bam out of bio, matched up, has averaged, I am not kidding, 50 points and 25 assists. And it's funny you say this with the match. You do, you do the caveat, but <clears throat> Matt, <clears throat> we've watched these games. The eye test yep. tells you the same no, thing. I like, it up. This is the thing is maybe that number's a little wonky. It's not quite that. It doesn't factor in this or that. But we watch the games and Jokic is just unbothered by that matchup, or at least in the regular season. I should say, Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat don't game plan for the Denver Nuggets when they come into town. That's a one-off. Yep. Like There's no game planning. But at least you know the default defensive settings really favor Jokic in this one. And look, he just went up against uh, Anthony Davis. He just went up against uh, Rudy Gobert. It's not like he hasn't had experience going up against tough defense. Yeah. I, so that's why I just look at again. I I'm only bothered by how much I feel confident in that matchup. Yeah, Bam's. I think Bam's the best defender in the NBA. That's my personal opinion. Is that Bam Adebayo is the best defender in the NBA? This is the worst possible matchup because the reason that Bam is the best defender in the NBA is because he's built for the modern NBA. He switches on to guards and wings. It's his versatility. It's his ability. Yeah, he's to the play. most versatile defender. Yeah, and so. Even then, like because of where the NBA is at, like that's what kind of how I qualify that. The problem is, is that Nikola, we just saw Jokic move through Anthony Davis like water, just move through him. Bam's even smaller, and it's just and like Heat fans are up on this. The Heat know this. The the X here is like, well, the the you know, Spo knows this. He'll figure something out. I'm just no one has figured out Nikola Jokic. Period and dot. No one has done it. And if you don't have a good starting option, you are already out of your comfort zone. Like you are already behind because your best tactic, your best option is not viable in this situation. And Nicole is one of maybe three players in the NBA uh, that is truly great in the post. And he's the best. So it's a really tough matchup for Bam. Like right off the bat, this is a favorable matchup for Jokic. Um, and then, and then on top of that, just I want to be clear on something. He he doesn't he's not a shot blocker. You know what I mean? Like he's not a guy that Anthony Davis blocks shots. Rudy Gobert blocks shots. If you are a positional defender that just challenges shots, which is part of like Jokic is this right? This is why he's a good defender. Is he just makes shots tough? But that's the type of defense that Jokic loves. 
because shots aren't hard for him if he can get them up. So if you're not blocking him, little six-foot jump hooks and stuff are just his wheelhouse, and that's what part of why I think he's so good against him. Yeah. So, by the way, same blocks as Jokic, point, 0. 0.8. Um, so I, I – with, with Bam not being as much of a weak side rim protector, that takes away a lot of the ability for the Heat to go to – a small ball option on him. Is that like something that you even, that you, I mean, they're going to try everything. If they try that, who do you expect that to be? If they try that approach on Nicola? That's the other question is they don't have great, great personnel. Somebody did put Cody Zeller in the comments, you know, who hasn't been a big part of this playoff run so far, but it is an option here because Cody Zeller is a smart, big defender who I, I mean, again, one-on-one can't stop Jokic, but maybe it is an idea of, hey, what if we put Zeller on Jokic and use Bam as a roamer? As you met, noted, Bam's not ex- – that's not where his defensive excellence comes from. He's he's not like Anthony Davis or Rudy Gobert in that way. He's a different type of impact defender. But maybe the combination of those two does cause some problems. And and the, the part that makes that work, the one big on Jokic, roaming big off of Jokic, is can Aaron Gordon punish you? Aaron Gordon might be able to punish Bam Adebayo in a way that he couldn't Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis because of that shot blocking. Again, if you're a positional defender like Bam Adebayo, but your role is to help, by nature you're out of position and then you have to rotate back to challenge shots. And we just said that Bam Adebayo is not like those guys at challenging shots. So even if you had success at flustering Jokic, I think the release valve of Aaron Gordon is stronger against that specific matchup than it was against the Lakers or the Timberwolves. On the other side, we'll talk about how the Nuggets defend the Heat and how they solve those problems. We'll get into some more of the issues. I'll ask Adam what his biggest concern is for the Nuggets heading into this series. We'll do all that more on the other side. First, I need to tell you about prize picks and the $1 million daily Superflex promotion that continues all the way through the NBA Finals. Every day, one prize picks user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will be randomly selected each day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks equals $1 million. Five equals $80,000. Four equals $16,000 for the winner. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. That's prizepicks.com slash million. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100, and if you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us to preview the NBA Finals between the Miami Heat and your Denver Nuggets. Adam, what's your biggest concern for this series right now? Man, biggest concern, maybe three-point variance. Denver being rusty. The Heat are a really good three-point shooting team. That's their strength. Um, they have the ability to get really hot. So three-point shooting variance, I think, is part of why they are where they are. They've had a hot string of, uh, of games. And then... I think that Denver is actually in position to be able to manage that. One of my another reason I'm I like the matchup is even the good defense defenses, they merely slow Denver. Nobody yet has stopped Denver. And if you only slow Denver, 
Denver's still scoring a lot of points. And so you have to score with them. So to me, it's three-point variance. If they get hot and for whatever reason, Denver shooters don't show up in the finals, first time in the finals, some nerves, this or that, that, that would be the only thing. What about you? So I think I think it's three-point variance for me. Um, I think it is that because look, the heat shot, do not get lulled. You're gonna look you're gonna hear the numbers overall for what the heat are shooting in the playoffs. Disregard that. They shot poorly versus the Knicks because they didn't need to shoot well versus the Knicks because that matchup was nothing for them. Like that that Knicks team never had a chance and the Heat knew it. They shot 45% versus the Milwaukee Bucks. They shot 43%, three 43.7% versus the Boston Celtics in a series from three. If Caleb Martin's going to keep shooting like this, if Gabe Vincent's going to keep shooting like this, Duggan Robinson will probably keep shooting like this. That's what he and is. John Steigen says, no, they're not, Adam. He was bottom five and three-pointers this year. Guys, that, look at the playoffs. They're number one. And then look at historical precedent with this team. They've been very good. They had a bad regular season shooting the ball. You can't discount it. You can't just throw it out. But the fact that they have been good with this team were bad for the regular season and now have been the number one three-point shooting team in the playoffs tells me they're probably a good three-point shooting. Betting on them to just start missing shots is a bad bet. Yeah. So for me, it's like, look, I think the, I, I, everything for me is margin of error for error. The Nuggets margin for error is very wide. The Heat's defense probably gets this closer because the Heat, I will say this, this is the most disciplined team on both ends of the floor that the Nuggets have faced. I think that they're more disciplined than, than the Lakers were. Um, and I don't think the Suns were very disciplined at all. And I don't think the, the, the Wolves are very disciplined either. Um, the, um, the Wolves, I think, the Wolves are, were pretty disciplined. Pretty disciplined, but not yeah. as disciplined. Yeah, as the Miami Heat are an exception. They're, so the, like, this is the key is the personnel is very favorable for, De- for Denver. The discipline and overall team structure, how they play – is what makes them tough. Like that's why they're a tough team, right? You can be mentally tough in that you're ready for the moment or whatever, but if your game plan is poor, uh, your approach is poor, um, you get away from what you need to do. It's not going to matter. And the heat are that's not. That's Phoenix Suns, by the way. Yeah. They have guys that you can trust in the clutch to step up, but as a team collectively, they're not on a string. Yeah. So that's like how you shorten that, that margin for error is like three point variance and the defense gets you a little bit closer. Um, I think there, there is this weird thing in terms of, of how we, we discuss these things where if you are confident in Denver, it's like, Oh, you're not even giving the heat a chance. And it's like, of course I'm giving the heat a chance. Like sports, they just knocked off the bucks and the Celtics and those teams would have been favored over Denver in the NBA finals, even factoring for home court, they would have been favored, right? Mm -hmm. The matchup is better for Denver. Like this is a better matchup. Like Denver matches up better with Miami than Milwaukee um, or the Celtics do by like a wide margin. Denver doesn't have the same capacity for getting away from their game plan the way especially in this playoff run i mean it hasn't happened right i think game four of the wolf series is the only game where you could say they really lost sort of what they were supposed to do and but i mean that's out of what 15 games yeah so like um you have a a good reason for being confident in denver i think it's like i'm confident in denver winning the series but if, if everyone's like so you're not giving the heat a chance like no like i 
sports happen. Like this is stuff, stuff happens for sure. And the Heat have proven that they can find mechanisms here. Um, and this is like, this is the first series that I'll say that I think Michael Malone's at a coaching disadvantage. Spose yeah, just only because Spoh's probably the best coach in the game. I mean, yep. that's the, the, yeah, to be clear. And I think that's another fair thing. You know, just can Spo? I, I think I said this the other day on, on this show, but Spolstra is a great coach that could come up with a lot of different ideas. I don't think anyone will work, but I think that the idea is, can you give enough looks and have your team adjust on the fly to be able to say, we're going to throw different punches at different moments of the game. And I think to your point about execution, the Heat are smart and disciplined enough to be able to pull that off. Most teams can't. Like you give them six different defensive coverages. It's like, we're going to forget three of these. We're not, it means we're going to have six bad defensive coverages. I think the Heat are going to be able to execute six or seven different schemes throughout the course of a game, which maybe keeps Jokic and the Nuggets thinking and guessing, like, what are they doing now? How do we attack this? So that's definitely it. And then I'll give you one other one, Matt. I think that the bench, the Nuggets' bench has been a strength in this playoff so far. Mm -hmm. I don't think it will be in this series. I, agree. I think Miami, especially if Tyler Hero comes back, but even if, if he doesn't, they have um, a bunch of clones, a bunch of guys that can just like next guy in, next guy in, just throw them at him. And I, and I think that there's a chance that this is one of those series where it's like starters get up to a six-point lead, subs come in and blow it all. And now you're trailing and then and you kind of repeat that pattern. So that would be another concern. Yeah. So I, I think here's a couple of, of things on the bench. I wrote about this uh, over on Action Network. I wrote the most important players in the series. Bruce is pretty low on the list, even though I think Bruce has been the third best nugget in the playoffs. And the reason for that, in part, it, if you were to go back and watch the Celtics series, you would see how often the Celtics tried to run to get into easier offensive opportunities, and there was nothing. Miami's transition defense was poor in the regular season, but it's been great in the playoffs. Some of that is that they're making a crap ton of three yeah, which that. helps them get back. They are also just very good at those things, and they're very good at taking charges. Bruce Brown and Christian Brown are going to rack up some charges in this series. Like, that's what they're going to do. Kyle Lowry in particular – that's Kyle's best defense at this point in his career is taking charges. There's going to be a lot of those crash situations. So uh, Bruce, who is, who's kind of boosted that bat, that bench unit is probably going to struggle. Um, the small ball unit with AG and Jeff, they're running up against Cody Zeller, who has a really great net rating, both in the regular season and the playoffs. It's not that Cody Zeller, some amazing player. It's just like, he's a big that does the job. They know how to, they know how to run that second unit. They have an identity. Zeller was out for the Celtics series because that, that didn't make sense in that matchup. He'll play in this one, and they can win those bench minutes. So, like, right. if Jeff Green has a minus 16, this, that's going to hurt, right? Like, then Jokic has to be, in his minutes, a plus, plus 17 <laughs> for them to win the game by one. So that's kind of kind of how this, this factors in. So I agree with you. I think this is going to be a rough series for the bench. I do think this is a much better series for Christian Brown. I do think that Christian Brown deserves uh, at least a look on Jimmy Butler. I think that's a pretty good matchup. Jimmy's going to draw fouls on him. That's what Jimmy does. But I think Christian Brown is worth like giving him a look with fresh legs at Jimmy, who is banged up on a bad ankle and coming off a seven-game series and pretty exhausted. You're, you're right. Jimmy, to guard Jimmy, you have to have some strength. And, and that's one of the things that makes Christian exciting is he's a stronger guy. I will say KCP, I looked at some of the stuff historically, and KCP, KCP's done a really good job. KCP's a really good defender. He's done a really good job on him. Um, Bruce may be the one that struggles maybe a little bit more in this matchup. Now, we've thought that before, and Bruce has excelled. But 
Um, that's maybe I think how this matchup a little bit goes down. Uh, I, I, also, go ahead. Go ahead. I also think that Denver does not necessarily have a toughness advantage in this one. I mean, Miami's really tough. I am curious to see just how tired they are. They've yeah. had a tougher path here and, and then obviously traveling to Denver. But I think that Denver has, I think Denver broke the Lakers. And I think that Anthony Davis broke after game one and then just got progressively worse as the series went on. I don't expect that to happen to Miami. Denver could come out in game one and win by 20 and come follow it up in game two and win by 30. And I think Miami in game three would be like, brush it off as, hey, it's next game. You know, they have a toughness and um, a professionalism that I don't think Denver has faced yet. And that's been a big part. Of it. I honestly think that the fatigue factor has been a part of Denver's success in this playoffs. It won't, I don't. I just don't think they'll do that to Miami. This is not a um, a Miami specific thing, and and trends are always noisy. That's the, the inherent nature of them. I do want to share this because it's something that we're going to be focused on over at Action. Um, teams that that win a game seven are now thirty six and fifty straight up in the following series. So coming off those game sevens teams do tend to struggle. It's just like historically been a problem. And some of that is like, if you go to seven games, you're not as good as the, as some of the, as the opponent. Um, the other thing I've noticed is that uh, the numbers are extremely favorable in game ones. If you have more rest than it was really funny. I looked at the, I looked at finals matchups game one, when you have more rest than your opponent. Okay. And it was, if you're on the road, those teams are one in 10. If you're at home, you're eight and two. And what it comes down to is like, yeah, if you're if you're if you're the better team, you win. Game right. one is, is basically what that says. So like the rest versus wrestling, I don't think is really applicable. Um, so I want to ask you about AG on on Jimmy and what your thoughts are on that matchup. I like it. I think it's a good matchup for Denver. Um, that's the type of player I think Aaron Gordon guards the best. He is not particularly quick. I mean, he is quick. Like he has a good quick first step or whatever. But he's not like I think. Aaron Gordon struggles with John Morant, you know, that, that mold of, of guard or, or what have you, but the bigger footworky and not necessarily jump shooty type of guards, I think is his bread and butter. He doesn't bite on a ton of fakes, although he, he can get into himself into foul trouble, but, 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 you know, if he, and Jimmy's really crafty, but I just think that he's going to do a great job of one being too strong for Jimmy to bully around two being able to shadow him just to be, keep him in front and three, staying disciplined to just challenge shots. And Jimmy Butler, I don't see him having a 50-point game in the series the way he has had, especially against Aaron Gordon, just because I think that, uh, again, he's going to make him work a little bit too hard for that. So I love that matchup uh, defensively. Jimmy's really good at the pump fake to get your hands up and then spin move into your arm to draw the foul. That's like he's gone to that matchup, and it shouldn't to be honest, it shouldn't be a foul. But he's able to draw it in, in such a way that, that it draws a call on those. Um, I will say this more than any other series, including Phoenix. KD doesn't really hunt. He just doesn't do it. Like he just kind of like, he doesn't, his, his approach is always like, I'm Kevin Durant. It doesn't matter who's in front of me. Right. Um, Devin is much more comfortable in open space. Like he wants, he wants drop coverage for him to attack. Um, Anthony Edwards, not nearly, as a seasoned, of yeah, a seasoned enough yeah. guy, Jimmy is a hunter. So if they switch one four and they'll try and fight through a lot of these, but if they switch one four, Jimmy will pick his target between MPJ and Jamal and then run them back into pick and roll with Nicola. 
So that, that will be a, a talking point in the series. The last thing that is like a talking point defensively amongst people is like the comment has been made like, well, you know, these teams didn't really attack Denver as much as they could have, which I think is ridiculous. It's more of like Denver defended them well enough. Like those teams tried Denver made the adjustments and positioning and did what they needed to, to defend it. But like, this is going to be the, the last test is it's going to be Nicola versus Jimmy Butler in those pick and roll situations with the Nuggets defending as a team. Can you blitz him appropriately enough to deny the passing? Cause Jimmy does have a lot of passes in his bag. Um, can you do that well enough to where you are not scrambling? Now we'll say like Denver's a, as a real, honestly, Denver's maybe a better rotational defensive team than the other teams that they faced, not a better defensive team, a better rotational because both the bucks and the, and the Celtics in very two different ways are designed not to get in rotation. Like their entire thing is we're going to play drop so that we can stay home with the bucks and we're going to switch everything so we can stay home with the Celtics. Like you simplify those problems that force you into rotations. Denver has had to live in rotation. They understand that that's just part of their defensive identity and they've made those rotations very well. So I think that's going to be a big key in this series as well. Um, the other thing I think, I think I will ask is like, um, this is the best team at, at forcing turnovers they faced. So that one big weakness is probably going to be present here. This is going to be another. Now Denver's been amazing and not like they just haven't been a turnover team in the playoffs. It's been incredible because that's how well they played. This is again, last test for them. Can you manage to not turn it over versus a team that is so disruptive the way that the heat are? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about the turnovers. I do think Denver might not – I'm, I'm curious to see how much ball movement is required in the series because some of this is dependent on just how they guard Denver. But um, it is a good it is a good point. I will say some people have said Jimmy's going to be the t- – was it you? Did you just say Jimmy will be the toughest task for Aaron Gordon? I don't think that's true at all. No, I'm sorry. Aaron Gordon has guarded Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, LeBron James. Like he's he's had some major matchup challenges. And Jimmy, as good as he is – at the very best, you could say he's on par with those guys in terms of the challenge, you know, but he, to say he's a tougher challenge than LeBron freaking James, I think. Would I'll, I'll also say this, like, <clears throat> if I just, I looked at it last night, the, the charts are up on Twitter. I looked at Nicola and Jimmy's just as like a fun thing, points per game, playoff game by playoff game, and then points, rebounds, assists, playoff game by playoff game. Um, It should be noted that Jimmy's trended down because he's getting tired like he's, and he might be hurt yeah he's hurt and tired and so like look jimmy can absolutely jimmy's gonna have a game jimmy's gonna have an amazing probably gonna have an amazing game in the series that's who he is they may not win that game but he'll have an amazing game in the series he may have two um but i would agree that like 80 i mean again you're right like 80 just got done with lebron you know so and and i think that the challenge of how Jimmy plays will be tougher than maybe some of these other offenses that Denver has faced in terms of how they'll, they'll, they are the first team that will not try and beat you with sheer talent. They're actually going to try and leverage you. And that's going to be the challenge. Um, real, real quick. I have one other note here and that is, I think this is a great matchup offensively for Aaron Gordon. I mean, we'll see what adjustments they make with personnel and how big they go, but their default setting is to have not very strong players at power forward. And if that's the case, if they play in that default set, I mean, Cody Martin started for them at power forward last game. Aaron Gordon loves going up against the Cody Martins of the world. They're too small. 
Like he'll just power his way up and dunk on them. So yeah. I think there's a real chance for Aaron Gordon to have a major impact in this series as well. Offensively. You mentioned Caleb Martin. I have some questions for you about him as well. As I love Nicole. Nicole, Martin. Nicole had a curious comment the other day at media. We'll talk about that uh, on the other side. And we'll preview a little bit of like what's to come this week as we get ready for the NBA finals between Miami Heat and your Denver Nuggets. We'll do that on the other side when we return on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us as we preview the NBA finals. Uh, let's start here, Adam. Um, Caleb Martin. Uh, I jokingly asked David Ramil on Locked on NBA. You can go check out the episode as we did like an early preview. Uh, him as a co-host of Locked on Heat. Um, I did ask him if Dwayne Wade was going to be upset when Caleb Martin's statue was bigger outside of the Miami Heat arena. Uh, look, the numbers are just preposterous when it comes to Caleb Martin. Like, it, they are absolutely preposterous. Uh, Martin averaged 9.6 points and four point re- rebounds per game uh, this season, in the regular season, on 46, 36, 81 splits. 46% from the field, 36% from three. Good. Like, Caleb Martin's a good player. In the playoffs, he's averaging 13.4 points and 5.5 rebounds a game on 55, 44, 82. 55% from the field, 44% from three in the entire playoffs. Against the Celtics, he averaged 19 and six on 60% from the field and 49% from three. He shot 49% from three. Um, to the point where, like, I legitimately wonder how many, how, like, how much resources, is that the term? How much resources the Nuggets need to spend on Caleb Martin relative to defending the, the rest of the Heat? Um, I mean, I don't know. You have to, I think that's one that you probably don't go into the play. I think you go into the playoffs knowing that he's an important piece, just because they need the points. They need somebody to score. But I think that you can over overdo it with Caleb. I love him, by the way. He's their Bruce Brown right? He's their guy that whose name maybe he doesn't ring out to the casual fan, but it's like, no, this guy makes a major impact for the team and does a lot of things, has length, guards really, really well, uh, and then offensively is capable of making shots from several zones. He's going to be a major impact to the series, but I don't know. He's he's more of a auxiliary piece, meaning that's not where the game plan is, I don't think. I think it's a mistake. <clears throat> I like I think you need to factor him heavily into the game plan at this point. But like, do they play? But how much are you? Do they play through him? Is my point. They've been giving him a lot of. So I look, actually looked this up. Um, his unassisted field goal percentage is up nine percentage points in the playoffs, and it was even higher, obviously, in the Celtics series. So, like, I understand. Like the, I get. I I kind of get what you're what you're getting at, which is like, well, yeah, like he's hitting like kickouts and like stuff like that. He's actually creating a little bit. Like he genuinely is like it's it's on spot up opportunities, right? But like, and here's the bigger thing. If if it's if if they don't have a second star when it's Jimmy and nobody else, that's when their offense really falls apart. Like that's when they struggle. Is and the 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 Knicks series, which went six, honestly, is kind of proof of that. Is that like if they don't have somebody else with Jimmy their offense really like bam can't he can't be focal point and he can't create enough on his own like i think bam will probably have a, a decent series offensively um he could have a, a pretty monster game if the nuggets defense has a bad outing like bam can have a big performance 
Um, and and yeah. he hits that little push shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't hit it consistently, but every now and then he just is on fire from that shot. And right. we know Denver concedes that one. Yeah. And like you talk about like pick and roll, right? Two on ball. Jimmy stretches it out. Short roll, bam, right into that shot, right? Like that's a me- – now, the Nuggets will get better at that mechanism over the course of the series. They've proven that. But if they have it in, going in one game, that can be a, a difference maker. But I do think that Caleb deserves like real consideration. Now, the the, the problem is that he's just – he's 6'5". Like he's a 6'5 power forward. Length is another thing I think that will be a factor in this. Or not even length, strength. So you're right. I mean, just at all the positions, I think there's a size advantage for Denver. Um, who do you like on him? On Caleb Martin? Well, again, yeah. I think he'll come back off the bench. I don't know that he'll start just because it made sense for him to start in the last round, and I don't think it does now because the, he, he the value of him is that he plays power for it. But he's too little to guard Aaron Gordon, in my opinion. Did they go back to love? I'm not sure, honestly, where they're going to go with, a, with with their starting lineup at power forward. Again, so much of it has to do with how they guard Jokic. The fact that they are on the road in game one and coming off of game seven, I like Denver in game one. But I do wonder if a little bit of it is, let's go to our default setting and let's use game one to get a read. Try out a bunch of different things. And then game two is going to be where we start to implement the game plan. Um, yeah, Highsmith honestly should start. He's st- he, he has started in these playoffs. Like, I think they're going to have to go big with either Zeller or Highsmith. Highsmith, he's not that tall though, right? No, he's not. So he might not. I mean, sometimes if you go big, but it's not an actual big, it, it can be a problem. He's 6'5". He's 6'5", yeah. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, they are they are badly like this is a, a thing that honestly is underrated that most I think <laughs> a lot of analysts that not to drag this back up but that haven't been watching are gonna find out is the teams that have played Denver, it, it's they'll talk about Jokic and how incredible he is, but the other thing they talk about is they're like they're so big, man. Like they talk about this constantly. They're just like they're so big and physical. Like this is a bunch. It's tall boy season, man. Like. Yeah. This is this is a bunch of guys that are absolutely massive, and this is a Heat team that, by design, is very small, and it's flexible and maneuverable. But that causes problems, especially on the rebounding, when you're going because like that's when so like you play love, right? yeah. You play love because you're like, well, we want to space the floor and rebound. This is Kevin Love at his age going up against MPJ with fresher legs, right? And like Love's not going to be doing a lot of complex stuff off ball for MPJ to have any, and like MPJ's been good defensively, right? Yeah. Especially when you give him a basic like, hey, like defend. Um, they they on uh, Lakeit says, do not forget Jovic is as tall as Jokic. Unfortunately, Jovic will not play in the series. Just like <laughs> heads up, like Jovic will not play in the series. You will not see him. In this also, series. height isn't what we're talking about. Even with like Hightower, if he's guarding Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon's strong. Man. Like people strong. don't realize he's. He's stronger than almost everyone in the NBA at his size. So he's Bam out of bio size. Yeah. He, that, he's just going to bully if you try to play the stretch fours that they prefer to play. We're not going to make an official prediction today. We'll do that closer to game one. We decided that we're going to hold off on our official predictions for the series. Plus, uh, to be honest with you, I need more time to dig into the matchup because as a, as a principal, I never start doing prep work until a series, until the matchup is actually set. I've been burned by it too many times. Um, Nicole had an interesting comment the other day at media availability where he talked about winning game seven and they're asked about the emotions of that moment. And he said that he honestly thought 
uh, what was the exact quote? I don't know, but it's something that I thought it would be more. <laughs> and then he said it was like 30 minutes. And then after that, you know, it goes away. And then when on a follow-up question, he was asked about it and he goes, I don't know. Maybe it'll be different in the finals if we win, if we win a ring, but everyone forgets eventually. He's almost like nothing lasts forever. He just like everyone forgets and moves on, which I thought was very interesting. We'll talk about that. Why, why do you, it's obviously interesting. What makes it interesting to you and what do you kind of take away from it? Well, I mean, I'm going to start with this. The Nuggets swept. They won 4-0. They won it on the road. I, as much as that last fourth game was an exciting one that came down to the wire, there was a feeling of inevitability up 3-0. Okay, they're probably going to win the series. They're probably moving on. So I think that was part of it. But the bigger part, Matt, in Ethan Strauss's book, The Victory Machine, about Kevin Durant's last year with the Warriors, he has one, a great quote about Kevin Durant, just talking about how winning wasn't the feeling he expected. And I think a lot of people attributed that to him going to the Warriors, right? And maybe it was the, it was easy and that's why it felt empty. But Andre Iguodala has the same quote in there where he says something about, yeah, man, but everyone's just going to forget. Once they're done with me, they'll move on to the next guy and he'll replace me and the show goes on. And over then the next guy and the next guy, and before long, no one will even remember I was here, this or that. And whether he's right or wrong or just being grouchy or what have you, I do think that there is something too. Players seem less happy <laughs> about the successes. And I think for Jokic, there probably is something. I, I'll even be honest. I felt this a little bit with the Western Conference Finals. What a day. What a, what a night that was. But there is something where like now we're on day nine of waiting for the finals where you're kind of like, is the emotion still there? Not really. That kind of has moved on. And I just wonder if it's Jokic going through this experience for the first time. Two things. Um one, I think that how you win a series really matters the most emotionally because like if a series feels difficult and like a super challenge, then that moment of elation is so much higher because it's a combination of like relief, but, you know, exult exultation and like all these types of things. And they didn't really have that because to be honest, like I do think like the Nuggets were just like, we're better. Yeah. Like the Nuggets know you have to you have to reach a moment where you question that, where you doubt that, where you're like, I don't know, man. And and then get through that to the other side. Like uh, a good comparison point. LeBron won the finals in 2012. He won his first championship. Five games, blowout game five. Got over an enormous amount. Like think about how much pressure after, especially after 2000, like after tooth after the decision. Like the way 2010 ended, the way 2011 ended, he finally wins the NBA title in 2012. Not a tear. Right. No. Now, it's not that that title didn't mean anything to him, but like he's talked about this. Like there was a sense of relief. Like I'm not going to go ringless. Like I, you know, like right. I accomplished the championship. Right. Compare that to 2016 and the comeback versus the Warriors with the Cavaliers where he's bawling his eyes out on the, on the floor. It literally took everything he had. He had to reach his absolute apex to get it. Yeah. And so like that difference, I think matters here. Um, and I honestly think that's number one reason why it would, why he, probably why he felt that way. And also, you know, I'll also kind of say this, that I think Nicola and like, this is Iguodala too, is like, look, part of this is like, if you, if you don't involve yourself in the mythos of sport, 
not to get existential here, but if you don't involve yourself in those types of things, it is just like, it's just a, a job and like, yeah, it's like great in the moment and hard and intense, but it's also like, and then you wake up the next morning and things go on. Right. And like, Iguodala has a very cynical view of, <laughs> of everything of everything. And so like, that's, that's part of that equation. Um, but I also say like, I don't know that Nicola has like, um, I don't think Nicola waxes poetically about sport when he's away from us. Yep. I, thought, I mean, you don't think that. I'm almost certain of it. But there was another one, Matt, where Damian Lillard was talking about championships, and he was saying, I'm not even sure it's as fulfilling as people think it is. When he He's kind of like bargaining, right, about the fact yeah. that he's going to stay in Portland and maybe never gets it. But he said had a great quote where he's like, every time someone wins a championship, I'm always paying close attention because I want to see, is it real joy? Are they just faking it? Is it, you know, whatever. And I just thought that was such an interesting, I think he was talking about, I think he made that comment after the Milwaukee series in response to talking about Giannis. Like I could tell that was real emotion. That one, like he really felt it. And I'm not sure you always do. And again, there's a lot of things that probably go into that. I think Jokic to his point has said, you know, I think it's a thing that like the MVPs, when they happen, it feels good, but you know, I move on. But I hope that 20 years from now, it just becomes a part of the things I look back on fondly. And I think that's actually the right perspective. Enjoy the journey all along. The high is going to be this nice moment for you. But really what makes it a high is that you get to relive it over and over again for the rest of your life. You know, I think you will enjoy it, though, if, 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 if they win. I think you would really enjoy the parade. <laughs> No, not not because it's a parade. Like I genuinely think that there's a part of him that loves celebrating with people. Like I think he takes I do think he takes joy from other people. I don't think he takes joy from himself. And so like I think he would get a lot more out of being able to celebrate with the fans and teammates and that moment. I think he would appreciate that. Um rather than some than for a lot of like for Jimmy Butler, it's about like him and his journey. And that's okay. Like it's just different, you know. Um, but I think Joker would definitely, I think, feel something seeing how happy all of these people that he's been around for so long are if, if they win the championship, um, called programming notes. We're looking to do Denvengers volume four. I'm hopeful um, tonight. We haven't agreed on a time yet, but I'm hopeful it's late tonight. Hopeful tonight, uh, with Ryan Blackburn and swipe a cam. Uh, we're going to try and fit in a locked on heat crossover episode. Uh, we will do another uh, episode. We'll have episodes for you every day. Called, we'll have multiple episodes before the finals start. And then um, media availability. There's one today. Uh, Jeff Green and I think KCP is talking today. Um, and then with my tomorrow's Lord. media day. And then tomorrow is the big one. Everybody tomorrow's, talks. Tomorrow's media day. Uh, we'll be on and through that program. Um, we'll get you comments and reactions from all those things. We'll keep you updated with everything. We'll continue here. Unlocked on Nuggets. Have yourselves a great day. Enjoy finals week. We will be back with you tomorrow with another episode. Thanks for joining us on Locked on Nuggets.